0: Welcome back into the national edition of the Real Kipper and Bourne Show. We are live on Sportsnet, Sportsnet six fifty in Vancouver, and Sportsnet nine sixty in Calgary. This hour of Real Kipper and Bourne, always brought to you by Bet three six five. Also on the program, Steve Alaket will join us, analyst for the New York Rangers on MSG. Rangers off and running, class of the East so far. Hard Go to argue. Rangers. To
1: the uh, Sabres last night. But. Plenty yeah. to get into.
0: Happens. Including uh, with uh, Valley. We'll talk about the, the Pat Kane experience in New York and what he expects out of Pat Kane after surgery with the Detroit Red Wings. Jonathan Quick. Guy, I had his career dead and buried. I got to admit it. And uh,
2: it's making H-O-F, me look bad. baby. This is going be the legends. Legends always have a late career flourish.
0: All right. Uh, the whole hockey world. Still buzzing over Corey Perry and the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, that's the right word. The Blackhawks put Perry on waivers for the purpose of terminating his contract. In a statement today, the Blackhawks said that he engaged in conduct that is unacceptable and in violation of both the terms of his standard player's contract and the Blackhawks' internal policies intended to promote professional and safe work Environments.
2: I think that is an important part of the statement, Kip. Intended to promote professional and safe work environments.
0: As far as next moves are concerned, uh, nothing yet out of the NHL Players Association. That's one of the places that uh, I think Corey Perry would go first. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing official out of them yet, but uh, it's my understanding that uh, they're they're following up this matter with him as we speak and still reviewing everything. And we don't know whether or not there could be a potential for a grievance.
2: If Perry believes he has been unjustifiably terminated, $4 million contract, you can see a guy fighting for that.
0: If he feels like he as a case if he feels like there's been wrongdoing on the part of the Chicago Blackhawks we don't know anything what we do know is uh it's been a train wreck from the moment they announced that uh he left the team with a train wreck little details and as i said to you in the, in the first hour that we'll we can easily revisit here just there was Any type of information that they could provide to have avoided the media, the social media circus, including dragging in innocent people like your star player, uh, Connor Bedard and his family, they should have gone to great lengths to protect him a lot better. And there's there's nothing foolproof here. Right,
2: But well, wouldn't it have taken great lengths? Small lengths would have been, hey, here's what we're doing. Here's what we think may have happened. Here's what we're investigating, right?
0: I think if they would have mentioned that there is a, uh, an investigation earlier, that there's no way that they were going to conceal that information much longer than a few days. So why not come clean right away mm-hmm. and say that there's an investigation going on and no other players are involved, and you know we're we're doing our due diligence. Even listen, we're not stupid people. We know they feel like they've been burned in the past. They don't want to go. They're, they're they're overly protective now, but isn't which that is okay. Backwards? The idea was which to is be okay.
2: Transparent, and that would help.
0: But it's okay to be overly protective, as long as you're not letting things get away from you. Yeah, like. The fact that you know Connor Bedard's family's got to deal with stupid stuff and here, that,
2: and that ain't it. That's not what happened here. The garbage that's out there—that you know—is as is far as everything anyone I know has heard. That is not the case. And so to to have spared him that, it certainly would have been a you know he's a guy you got to be looking out for. So uh, obviously you're a, you you haven't from the get, beginning like how the team handled it. Um, I am curious to see, you know, there has to be significant grounds to terminate a contract. You can't just say, we don't like what you've done, you know, we don't like what you've done off the ice or whatever and say, okay, we're going to not pay you the $4 million we owe you. Like he may have had to have done something where they can say, here's an event or an incident or a thing we can clearly point to and say that crosses the moral boundary that, you know, is in the contract.
0: Again, we're, we're just speculating here. Yeah, we have I mean, no I idea. Legitimately don't know, and but that's are right. radio. The, we're guessing. There is there's that fine line of where, where it got crossed and whether or not that's enough to terminate somebody. Mm-hmm. So again, without having any details on anything, my next question is, will we see... A third party in this story, somehow down the road?
2: Well, I think we're going to get some answers right now, Kip.
0: Okay, let's go to Kyle Davidson, general manager of the Chicago Blackhawks, a de- uh, dealing with the Corey Perry situation. Staff of
3: the Hawks Again, I'm not going to get into further details. Is the league involved?
0: As soon as you
3: heard about it? Uh, the league uh, was understanding of the situation, as was the players' union all matter all parties were uh, are informed but again team team incident and so it's a, a it was a team decision
4: how did this come to the attention of the team was it something that happened in a team environment or was it outside of
3: um, yeah just given it's a individual personnel matter i'm not going to get into specifics
4: when did you guys notify the team pardon when did you guys notify the team your players the jordan bulls scoring
3: um i met with the team Today to update them on our decision, um, so it was today. What was their reaction? Um, they just kind of
4: listened. What, what was your reaction
3: to, to having this happen, and uh, obviously after trying to come again? So, just
4: what your reaction
3: to? Um, yeah, you know it's. It's obviously uh been very tough um yeah it's been a tough couple days
4: i know you guys have worked hard to kind of set a a new culture here is that make it uh i guess even more tough to kind of follow um
3: i think more than anything it it um reinforces the resolve we have to uh change the culture and make sure we're doing the right things and, and um, you know, upholding our values and, and making sure that um, we continue to build a culture of accountability. I think that's kind of my, my thoughts on it.
4: Sure. it or of where the new reporting processes and everything you've implemented in the past few years were able to make a difference in this regard?
3: Um, I, I believe so, yes.
4: Corey was brought in to, to set
0: an example how much more disappointing does it make it when, when something
3: like this happens? Yeah, obviously, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's tough. It adds another layer. Did
4: it, it show you another side of his character that you weren't expecting to see or, or didn't job with your background uh, in
3: um, Certainly didn't, uh, it didn't mesh with the... the um, the background we received. But I'll just want to confirm law enforcement was not involved in this. Uh, this was a work workplace matter. Kind of going on Ben's question, the fact that somebody did report and feel confident enough to, to speak forward, does that give you competence in the way things are being operated now in terms of matters of this stuff. Um You know, I, th- I think I'd, I'd rather just reserve comment on that. Thanks, Joe.
4: Yeah. Is this something that you need to address, given, you know, what his stature was even this soon in, in the locker room? Um, do you need to address the team at a later point uh, to kind of explain what happened and go in further with your decision, given that you know he was brought in as a supposed locker room? It does speak
3: to team culture? Um, you know, I'm, I'm very confident in in the the locker room and and their resilience. Obviously, it's a, a tough day, um, uh, but you know we'll continue to communicate with with our players and um, and we'll go we'll go forward from there.
4: Do the players know exactly
0: what happened, or is it happened?
3: The, pl- the players do not have any uh, any details at all. Do
4: you feel like the, the absence of a detailed explanation has led to a lot of speculation about you what know, it I mean, to put it bluntly, a lot of people don't grant the Black Hawks benefit of the doubt given the, how each situation
3: um, To be honest, uh, Phil, I think over the last 24 hours, what's gone on, has been um, very disturbing, and um, I feel like I'm wearing it. I- I'm carrying that. Um, it's just tough to see. Yeah, it's tough to see. Yeah. Do you wish you would clarify sooner, given what's Um You know what? I think we we went through the process as as quickly as we could. Um, while well, you know, in order to run a, a responsible, um, uh, you know, investigation.
2: What kind of backing or counsel did you get from Danny and/or Jamie, if any?
3: Um, you know, I, I I think I'd just rather leave that internal. Thank you.
4: Will, will this investigation lead to any kind of internal changes in procedure or any other additional safeguards for your employees?
3: Um, you know, I think it's it's so fresh that we'll um, we'll get through today, and I'm sure we'll continue to always evaluate. The the one thing it goes without saying, whether it's uh, after you know after something comes up or not, you're always trying to get better. You're always trying to improve, and so um, I don't see why that this it wouldn't be the case forward. We're always looking to be better than we were the day before, so. Um, it, it's it's an internal it's an internal matter. Have you had a conversation with Corey
4: to to get his side and, and can you say what you know what his response was either to the findings of the investigation or to your decision
3: to terminate? Uh, yeah, I've, I'm not going to get into the details of of our conversations.
4: Being the an assistant captain, are there going to be any other changes? Or- Anyone taking on
3: his role as an assistant am um, Unclear at this time. All
4: right. Thanks, Kyle. Thank you. Thanks.
0: That was the voice of the general manager of the Chicago Blackhawks, Kyle Davidson. I... On the Corey Perry situation, I've gotten nothing out of that
2: holy unexpected tone though you didn't get something out of that part
0: yeah i i get that part but i'm just i'm beyond that i i what what purpose was that other than uh a 35 year old guy that looks way over his head in that press conference he what did you what did you get out of that
1: he just came we were came to it just a little bit late but the first thing he said when he first got up to the podium was it does not involve any players or their family
2: and he calls a yeah,
1: rumor okay. frankly disgusting.
2: Okay. Hey, Kyle. Yeah, where was it? that? Like
0: five days ago. Yeah. Okay.
2: So what I took away from that, you know, where he's near tears for the entire thing. And the line where he says, he feels to me without the direct quote, he feels like he's put this on Connor Bedard. That's what I take away from that press conference. That he feels response. He says, I feel like I'm wearing it was what he said.
0: That does me no good. Well, I don't care.
2: It it almost sounds like some accountability.
0: D- did he mention Connor Bedard's name that I missed?
2: No. Well, he did say player's family, and I think he's pretty clearly speaking to the rumor that's online and everywhere else.
0: Mm-hmm. I, you know, he says, I just saw a guy that's way over his head there. I, I wouldn't have had him on there. He wasn't, he w- wasn't ready to do that. No, I would agree uh, that did not first
2: of all, look comfortable.
0: Okay. I don't know. I mean, does he have the life experience to go and handle something like that? Is that your $2 two billion, $3 billion team? You want that guy up there?
2: I was, you know, I guess another takeaway is it makes it feel like a much bigger deal than I thought this was. Do you know what I mean? Like, it feels like you wouldn't go up there if Corey Perry, I don't know. I don't know. Approached someone, you know, in the workplace or something and... It, it makes it feel like something drastic happened. That is a dire tone for a presser. I don't know what happened. No, I get that. But yeah. that didn't do anything to alleviate the fears that this no. is a small thing we should move on from. No. Guys, we didn't like his behavior. We're moving on with the Blackhawks. That felt like, what is just, what is happening? He, that, that man looked, like I said, shook, not
1: ready to address the media.
2: He, uh, you know, someone asked him. But that's that.
0: That to me looks everything we got out of that the, the Kyle Beach fiasco. Yes, was that conference that that press conference right there? That they're, conference they're no, should have been for that. They're no better equipped for PR disasters than they were. No. A while ago.
2: No, I guess you can argue that you put that, that, a that very was, real person not, with real was, emotions out there, which and, was and better than a PR spin, maybe. And
0: just looked like you'd been
2: hit by a truck. It just, there was a lot of gravi- gravitas, gravitas, gravitas. Anyway, to that, to me, that was strange. You know, one of the things someone said is, is it tough? You know, you brought Corey Perry in to be a role model. Does this, um, does that make this harder? And he was like, he could barely talk. And was just like, you know, that that makes it so much harder for him that that he said it didn't mesh with the background they had done on Perry. So there's some implication that Perry did something real here where I, I don't know what people thought yeah. before, but it feels like something happened.
0: I, I would have had just one question for him. I would have asked him, uh, I would have said, Connor Bedard's family has been dragged through the mud through this. Mm-hmm. Was there anything you could have done or said differently that could have avoided that? I'm you not know, answering that question, Kyle.
2: Well, the question sort of got answered, and he sort of a, or asked, and he sort of answered that they wanted to do their due diligence, be thorough with the investigation.
0: Yeah, okay. Well, I'm sure it's thorough now. Well, you, you got a young kid now that yeah. uh, might never be the same.
2: Well, yeah, it, it this rumor has got to the point where it's like, I, again, to talk about the people I'm getting texts from that have nothing to do with hockey. Mm-hmm. It's in their workplace, and now they're never going to look into follow up on this. But Bedard's going to live with whatever yeah. it is people think. The court of public opinion on this has made a I decision, and now on to the next thing.
0: Did you get any clarity at all where where this story is going? Does it end here? As far as the Chicago Black, not only Black did Hawks, I get
2: none, I think
0: it frees some as, oxygen. As, as, on as it. far as the Chicago Blackhawks, is this is this over with? Is it done? Are we
2: going to hear more from it? How are the flames any smaller uh, than they were twenty minutes ago? It,
0: is is there a third party that will rise in this? Is there someone else? Is there someone else? Do you else's need a third story? party like
2: an investigation or someone who's been involved with Perry here? Yes. That person. Is there and perhaps there a victim? Was, there,
0: was, there was clearly accusations. Yeah. Okay. Where where did that come from? Will that surface? Is this as far as you're concerned, is anything around this story gonna feed it? Or is this yeah. done and over with? With uh, with Corey's decision to to either fight for his contract or let it go.
2: The worst part of what just happened there in that press conference is that we're doing this. Is that we have nothing more to go on? Nothing has really been put to bed, and so we're sitting right. here. I I mean, I even like, am I saying anything that's like, like am I liable? Or- I don't want to speculate, but we just don't know anything.
0: Are, are we gonna hear like in six months or a year or twelve years from now that there was a settlement?
2: Yeah. I don't know. That's that's a good question. Right? I don't like know. Like if point is we got we, nowhere. If we hear
0: if we hear in in two days that Corey Perry's
2: in rehab, would we be shocked? I mean, no, but that's one of four hundred outcomes. I've had people, right? you know. Like, uh, did he... Yeah, I'm not going to start him saying things, but I... No, you know, I'm just the, saying, the, the though, that,
0: that's where they've left us all 100%. to speculate, to go, you know, where to... Where, social media will take this story next to wherever, because once again, you guys have left it so wide open.
2: It feels like there was some involvement with some unwilling, perhaps team employee or something. I mean, that's kind hey, of where I'm You're within
0: again. your rights to speculate, uh, because no one wants to give... Any type of answer yeah. other than, you know, looking like a deer looking at uh, headlights.
2: Yeah, and that's how you end up with the line in the statement that is, um, you know, he violated the Blackhawks' internal policies intended to promote professional and safe work environments.
0: Yeah, okay. So, But, but, but keep buying tickets.
2: Yeah. Jeez. So anyway... I don't think Corey Perry is going to turn up on your favorite team. Yeah, I would agree. You know, as much as a lot of people are like, ah, this could be a you know, pretty useful player. Anyway, you know what? We have someone else who could weigh on it if you're sick of hearing our voices. All right.
0: The goalie guru, Steve Aliquette, MSG.
2: The number one ranked
0: guest of Real Kipper and Born. <laughs> I don't number
5: know one. if I want to weigh in on this stuff, boys. <laughs> you don't have to, Listen, man.
0: We... we we have no answers. I assure you, you can't do any worse than us.
5: Oh man, yeah, I don't want to even take a stab at it.
0: Talk about the Rangers do... then. Let's do that. That's <laughs> we're, we're we're going we're going with the the class of the East. Do I say? Do I dare say it's the New York Rangers Valley?
5: Well, you know what happened was Saturday they beat the Boston Bruins. They were up by two. They spat back the lead. It's two two. The the, the Rangers just always seem to find a way to win this year. It's not not to say that they're the best team on paper, and uh, I think they're the contender out of the East, but they care, and they care deeply. And what happened Saturday at uh, Madison Square Garden after they beat the Bruins was I think they sent a message to the league. It sends a ripple effect through the league. Everybody takes notice. They're public enemy number one now, I think, and uh, everybody's going to be gunning for them. But the one thing that I had to really digest last night after they lost to the sabers was you have to lose games and you're not going to win them all we always say that but it's typically about a 2022 loss season that a stanley cup winner will experience and maybe the boston bruins didn't lose enough last year and that's why they lost in the first round to florida they only lost 12 games in regulation Colorado, two years ago, they lost 19 games in regulation. And last season, Vegas lost 22 games. But then I'm trying to take a soft approach to the loss last night. And Henrik and I are talking about it on the post game. But it's, it's more like, what kind of games do you want to lose? Do you want to lose to the teams that you're supposed to beat? Or do you want to lose to the other top guns in the league and then run a narrative of, well, you can't beat the Dallas's or, you know, the other top teams in the NHL that are uh, maybe seemingly contenders right now. So that's just the tough part, I think, right now with where they are.
2: So what is it that's gone right? You know, I don't think that many people had them as the, you know, president's trophy favorite heading into the season. I know early in the season we talked to you with you, and you talked about Lafreniere, who has eight goals in 20 games. I don't know if, he's, if his play yeah. matches up with that, but something's going right here in, uh, for the Rangers. What, what are those things?
5: Well, I think that uh, as far as Lafreniere's case, I know we talked about it. I think the last time I was talking to you guys about it actually was the home opener, and uh, he scored. And what happened about two weeks ago was pretty neat. Uh, Playing against Columbus, he had a really nice goal the second period. Uh, He's on the ice at the six on five at the end of the game, uh, and he scores. Uh, he ties up the game. They go into a shootout. He scores again on a backhand move. So he essentially gets three goals in the game. And for the last two weeks, he's just been humming. It's uh, He's getting plenty of scoring chances. So uh, that's the one area of expertise that I really look at is how many high danger scoring chances is he getting? And uh, is he able to finish on those? And it matches up. He's getting his chances. Uh, he's playing with Trocek and Panarin. And that line's been buzzing. It's been their best line. So, yeah, Lafreniere has been a bright spot. Um, it looks like Kako's going to be out for a while. He got injured badly last night against the Sabres. And um, outside of that, the young guys, it's kind of been tough this year. Heel's been out. It, I think it's a concussion, but it's just an upper body injury. He's going to be out long-term IR. Uh, but the defense has been terrific uh, from everybody, even picking up after Fox has been out. They've had a great run of eight games, missing Fox. Uh, the team hasn't missed a beat. Trouba's been a rock back there. Uh, the goaltending has been exceptional. Uh, really, everybody's playing well. It's it's one of those cases where everybody's playing well and everybody's really bought into what Peter Laviolette is selling. And if there's one thing that I'm thinking a lot about now, guys, and I know that you're there too with the Toronto Maple Leafs, it's what are the characteristics of a winning team and how can we learn from the winners of the previous five years? What are those characteristics and what are we missing and can we put those pieces together? And the only... Issue I have with the Rangers right now is they're still not defending enough off the rush chances against the high danger rush chances against. Uh, They still rank in the twenties and you can't win a Stanley cup there. I've done a lot of, I've spent my whole day. I mean, I'm out of my mind from just the (laughs) amount of computer time I had today in my office, trying to look for these things because you know what it is too. It's I started with this, organization as an analyst guys 10 years ago. And that was when the Rangers were at the height of their power. They won the president's trophy in 2015 and lost in the Eastern conference final to Tampa. And then the next year they lost in the first round to Pittsburgh. Um, That was a tough one. Uh, But then they had like a full run it back reset for the next year. And they lost in the second round to Ottawa. And then before you know it, you're in 2018 and the rebuild begins. So I've seen it. I've seen them at the top I've seen them have to tear it down. I've seen them have to covet the draft picks and draft. And I've talked about prospects for four years as they missed the playoffs. And now the contention window open again. So it's, it's been bizarre that way. It's been a 10-year cycle that I've really been there for every step of the way. And now my research has changed from prospects and forecasting and selling hope to what does it take to win?
0: We're talking to Steve Vallecat, analyst with the New York Rangers on MSG. Valley. we saw the New York Rangers uh, take a chance on Pat Kane, last trade deadline, and today we saw him sign a one-year deal in Detroit. Just talk to us a little bit on on that experience, on on whether or not you can look back and say definitively that was a a good gamble or or a bad gamble. You just recently spoke moments ago about uh, the thought of... uh, getting somebody or more defensive help. That's certainly not Kane. So we can't expect another search for a a Patrick Kane type of player out of the New York Rangers.
5: No, you know what happened? I think Kipper, it was about getting Panarin people around him that were going to help him learn the playoff style. And I thought of it that way. Uh, They brought in Tarasenko That's a close friend of his. It was nice to have somebody around him that could mentor him, somebody that's one. And then when Kane really pursued the Rangers, they looked at it as an opportunity to get Patrick Kane and not pay a lot for him. And again, it was somebody that had a lot of previous history with Panarin to help him. And Panarin, you know, he'll tell you, he failed miserably last year in the playoffs and there's been a few seasons there for him where he's done that, and that's why he's on a mission this year. He's a completely different player. I'm always looking at um, how often he gets between the dots and either sends a teammate with a primary pass into a scoring opportunity or when he shoots it himself, and his numbers right now are twice at where he was last year. He's inside on everything, at five on five. He's inside, and um, his shot... I don't really look at the measurement of the shot too often, but my eye test says it's coming off his stick much harder. And um, so to me, I think last year, that was a little bit of a misguided approach getting Kane, although it was the effort I think for Panarin because Kane wasn't going to help you on the four check. And that's what the Rangers needed more of. He wasn't going to get you more rebounds. The Rangers needed more of that uh, this year, the team, they just look like a completely different team. Uh the players, the game that this, the game style that they're playing and their record reflects it. I mean, fifteen four and one, only four regulation losses this year. It's uh, well, it's tops in the league, right? They're tied with Boston with thirty one
2: points. So who else in that division is good? You know, I'm looking at the at the Metro. The Capitals are in second, um, and I got my questions about them. The Canes are in third, which uh, I'm going by points percentage. This is the actual point total, but you know, then it's Islanders, Flyers, Devils, and Penguins are scuffling. Who else is good there? Well, like
5: this is one thing I'm having a hard time with is that uh, everybody's the same to me this year. I said the
2: same thing. Yep.
5: Yeah. So, and like, what's the separator, right? And um, the goaltending that teams have right now, I don't know if you guys looked at this recently, but the safe percentage in the NHL is 903. Uh, Coming out of the 05 lockout, it was 901. We haven't seen it this low before. Uh, when I started working at this job 10 years ago, it was 914, 950, and we were talking about bringing the pads in. And so, what I'm seeing night after night, fellas, is that whoever wins the high danger scoring battle wins the game because all the goalies are about the same. And there's a lot of goalies in the league right now that shouldn't be in the league. And it's because of a couple of factors it's because too many 60, 70 game eaters from five years ago are no longer playing, and nobody's getting the 200 minor league or european games before they play in the NHL like Henrik Lundqvist played 236 games in Europe before he ever stepped on the ice at Madison Square Garden that's why he was able to take the job right away and another thing too is the old 0405 lockout a lot of really good goalies stayed for an extra year of seasoning in the AHL like Ryan Miller and the list goes on and on i mean you forget how these guys come through but even a guy like Tuukka Rask or Corey Crawford or Jimmy Howard all of these guys, they were all the number ones. They were all true number ones, but they all played over 200 games in the minors or Europe before they ever stepped foot in the NHL. And right now, I can tell you just from watching high danger chances, they go in typically one every three times. Well, they're even going in more frequently than that right now. And there's not a big divide from the top to the bottom. It's like everybody's letting them up. So the Rangers that they've played 20 games this year, only five times have they lost the high danger scoring chance battle. Wow. And they've got only four losses on the season. And it really reflects them just out-chancing everybody. Shesterkin's been really no better than anybody else either.
0: Okay. Um, you mentioned looking completely different. Jonathan, quick. i am He's making me look like a complete moron because I thought his...
5: That makes two of us. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I thought it was done.
5: Yeah, I did too. So this is uh, <clears throat> one thing that's kind of bothered me is keeping goalie data. All right, so I can I know that I can measure who's playing well, who's playing poorly, but why is it not reflecting year over year for the last three years? Quick has been at the bottom of the bottom third, and I expected that to continue because what happened in the past can only reflect what's going to happen in the future, except we're not seeing it with the goalies. We're not seeing Philip Gustafson carry a really good season into the next or a Markstrom from one year to the next. And I can go down the list. Uh, UC Soros is last in our goalie rating right now. I can't explain that. Wow. He's been in the top three for the last three years. And, and it bothers me to the core because, you know, you watch these guys and you're trying to understand them. But the one thing we can't understand is what's happening between their ears. Where is their motivation? And their motivation tightens their focus whether it's a career year or coming back to answer. Now, the one thing about quick and Kipper, you're going to like this one because this is Benoit Allaire. And I, and I know him as well as anybody. And Henrik and I talk about a lot. He is the master of positioning. Now, if you take a guy that's got three Stanley cups, he's won internationally and he's in his late thirties. It takes a lot to listen because you you want to keep doing it your way. We're very stubborn, and what Benoit does is he protects you against yourself. And Jonathan Quick is playing pretty much exclusively in the blue ice right now. And if you watch any of his games from L.A. over the last three years, he was out in the white ice 50 60% of the game. This was bothering me, so I went back and watched his game a few weeks ago against Edmonton. He faced 27 shots in that game, and I watched every one of them just to see where his feet were. He came out of the blue ice once. Eckholm came down the middle and he stepped out and made a glove save in the white ice. And he he had to there. It was a one on one play. But of the 27 shots he faced in Edmonton, he only had one outside in the white ice, 26 shots from the blue. So I thought that was really interesting. And that really speaks to him buying into what Benoit Laird does and what he preaches.
2: Go ahead
0: there, Kippy. Okay. um, Cam Talbot, like, seriously, what is going on here? between the rangers la i mean mm. camp talbot's another guy
5: okay so I, I again i told you guys i've been in my office all day so <laughs> this, this call putting me out okay but it's fresh <laughs> so the best team in the nhl and it's by a large margin at defending against high danger chances at 5 on 5 off the rush against is la they're in another stratosphere and it's it's kind of neat because when you look at the numbers and you're trying to say for every 48 minutes they play at five on five, how many chances they give up, how many do the Leafs give up, how many are the Rangers giving up, the difference between where the Rangers are and the Leafs, and they're in the same neighborhood compared to number one, L.A. Kings is uh, 28 goals over the course of 82 uh, game season. So what does that mean, and why is that, like why is that important to me? Because the last five Stanley Cup winners have all finished in the top five in that stat and if you're in the top 16 you're always going to make the playoffs so i'm looking for these predictive measures and the really neat thing is and this is what i really believe in right now coaches that can get their teams to buy into defending they are the winning teams and here's what i mean by that go back to when tampa bay had their best season points wise and they lost to columbus in the first round in that stat Tampa Bay was 27th in the league. That was their one flaw on their team. They gave up a lot off the rush. High-quality chances, breakaways, two-on-ones, because they were running up ice. The very next year, they were second in the league, and then they won, and then they won again. Vegas, I got it right here. Vegas, (laughs) two years ago, went from 20th to 4th last year. Colorado, two years ago, they went from 12th to second so it's almost like they go through we're going to do it our way the players and then they finally buy in when the coaches are able to get them to defend the right way and not have too much unnecessary risk off the rush so that it's not going back the other way to hurt you
2: I love that you did all this work just for our show today this is like <laughs> great content that I didn't have to mind what a treat no no listen I'm old school but I love that what stuff what a treat
0: Great great stuff,
5: And I think it's the coaches that can get these guys to buy into it. Like imagine if we were betting on that series, Tampa Bay, Columbus, I would have taken Columbus based on this because they were ninth. They were a top 10 defending team off the rush that year. And Tampa Bay was clearly flawed, but uh, we can only look back and history can help us. And I'm, again, the reason why I'm into this is because I think New York is close. I think they're close. So I'm excited about doing research this way. Uh, a couple of years ago, we'd be talking about prospects that uh, oh, I'm sick of talking to prospects.
0: <laughs> Listen, I, you know, when I play it, sometimes I'd look at the coach and just say, shut up and just push Mark Messier and Brian Leach on yeah, the Yeah, eyes.
2: just tap the good guys right. on the shoulder. <laughs> and then
0: it's like, nah, there's more to that yeah. when you start watching from afar again. Uh, Valley, great stuff, man. We so appreciate you on this show. Um, you're welcome to any time.
5: Hey, fellas, my pleasure. Uh, thanks for the call. Keep it up. All Appreciate
0: right. it, Valley. Thanks. Steve Aliquette does an amazing job for the New York Rangers on MSG. And, See, amazing, I like... stuff and amazing stuff for us. See, the whole time I'm going, useful, useful, <laughs> yeah, useful, not Valley, useless. useful. He's got useful. Every once in a while well, I listen to you, it's like, useless, useless, <laughs> useless. Nah, no, <laughs> no, not no, all the time. No, you're right, though. Okay, so go- we're going to take Let's a break. break. Yeah, we're going to take we'll a break, and then we got we got Sammy coming back for game time, and we'll get into a few other things, including the best game of the season I watched last night. Mm-hmm. And who wants out of Columbus? We'll tell you that after the break. You're watching and listening to Real Kipper and Born.
2: Get smarter when you listen to Hockey Talk, the Hockey PDO cast with Dmitry Filipovich. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: We are back. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee. All right. Going to hit us with a little game time, Sammy.
1: The app, the latest odds, and find out why it's never ordinary. at bet 365 must be 19 plus, Ontario only. Please play responsibly. And a couple things I'm looking at for tonight. Uh, Leaf Panthers, I know it's a big one for us. But I'm just looking at the number here. And the... Leafs are pretty heavy favorites tonight. Minus 135, Classics, decent team on home ice against a team on the second half of back-to-back. Plus 115 money line for the Florida
2: Panthers. I got to tell you right now, tempting. You know, you just never get a good number on the Leafs, though. Like, minus 130 to win at home, they're a pretty good team. I don't hate the number. I see what you're saying, though. Florida, been a better team this season. You're getting underdog money. I see the bet. They probably don't like the... Toronto Maple Leafs a whole lot.
1: They'd like to prove that they can beat them again after beating them earlier in the year. So that's one that I'm uh, looking at. And I'm also looking at the Winnipeg Jets on home ice as underdog Well, they're plus 100. A little bit of underdogs on home ice. They've been really good. And uh, they're playing the Dallas Stars tonight. But I like the Winnipeg Jets, who we never talk about on the show, but just good,
0: keep humming along. Good measuring stick tonight game for the Jets, who yeah. are quietly top 10 team in the National Hockey League.
2: Yeah. No, for sure. Kyle Connor has been lighting it up. I, uh, I also a couple I like there. Sammy. Oh, okay, we got uh, Carolina and Pittsburgh. Car- Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh is way down in that metro standings. They're five hundred by record or whatever, but they're, they're they're like a plus eleven or something. They're much better than their record. They're going to start winning some games. It is
0: really interesting that the projection on making the playoffs in the East could be as much as twelve or fourteen points more.
2: Yeah, like we're talking, it might be a 100-point cutoff in the East, and it might be 100. 90 or 89 no, low 80s. or something. Low 80s well, right now. low 80s yesterday. Brian I was like, low eighties. What do you mean low 80s?
0: Brian Lawton mentioned low 80s. Uh, 83, 84 right now. That's not going to stay.
2: No, it's not. But if you were, say, in Alberta, you would care a great deal about a potentially lower entry to playoffs, given a slow start. Uh, and that was Game Time, presented by Bet365.
1: Visit the app for the latest thoughts and find out why it's never ordinary. at Bet365 must be 19 plus, Ontario
0: only. Please play responsibly. Speaking of which, Calgary Flames last night with an overtime win over Vegas. I called it the best game I watched all season.
2: You loved it, huh? Yeah, I loved it. What did you love about it?
0: Uh, Intense. I thought that uh, the compete level on both sides was almost of equal value.
2: I was prime yeah, I watched and, some and,
0: and the goaltending on both sides was fantastic.
2: Yeah, and Kadri, good night for him. Like he looks like he's coming kind around. In
0: it. Some uh controlling the middle of the ice, handling the puck, gaining uh, blue lines uh instrumental in the the goal that tied it up by Greer. Mhm. And uh Ladar gets the win
2: and his backup last night was a man named Dusty Nickel. Guy, dusty Nickel. He was named after his total NHL earnings uh, in his I, life. He has earned I mean, one Dusty Nickel. T- tell me he doesn't sound like a country music star. He dusty sounds, Nickel. He sounds like an AI-generated <laughs> country singer. I, uh,
0: I played with a few teammates that had dusty wallets. <laughs>
2: yeah, well, I bet you old Dusty Nickel, when he's around <laughs> NHL players, has a pretty dusty wallet too. I'm not pulling that thing out with the boys around. But for for a guy...
0: <laughs> that wasn't supposed to play in Fladar, Like he was like all world. No good. All world.
2: You know what's funny is uh I had tweeted out the flames schedule like murderers row of teams. But and they've, they've done well. They've done well. You mm-hmm. know, they they've got a couple tough wins. They beat the stars seven four. They beat the golden knights two one. You know, they have the stars again this week, but after that, you know, it, they get the Canucks in the wild, like, you know, there there's a chance for them here. To maybe say, God, are we really well, out of it? Are we a playoff team?
1: They're in the last playoff spot currently. They're holding the last wild card spot. And I will admit something to you, Borny. And I know, Kipper, you've let's, been on the
2: side. Let's have it.
1: I'm feeling pretty dumb about the Oilers. Like, the Oilers are probably going to make it.
2: Where
0: are you? Yeah. You know, like, I am feeling but stupid I, that I'll I be don't, Mr. Hot Take. I, I don't Look know. at the standings. There, there are some goals that I still watch Skinner. Like, they're six points back. A Anaheim was teams. god Got awful but <laughs> they had a, they <laughs> <Sorry>. had a, <laughs> Anaheim had a 2-1 lead before they lost I think a 2 before the Connor the McDavid showed so on
2: Skinner like you had to w- actively w- w- get w- out of the way like matrixing a bullet Which one? It went under his pad. It was a spit fi- like not even 5 hole. No, the pad hole. The pad like, hole. Through a <laughs> physical object to go in. <laughs> he got out of the way. You he have tripped. to get out of the way yeah. to not yeah, it's like the one. game before he has shutout, and then you he,
0: just a little bit. Yes,
2: it worries me. Like they can't win a cup with a goalie playing like that. But again, shutout so game before, shut it down after that. That's not what we're so talking about. You're, we're you're, not
0: talking about the cop, right? You're you're comfortable with them making the playoffs as is with Skinner by, or either Jack Campbell back up
2: or by, five points percentage. The la, the second wild card spot belongs to the ten and ten Nashville Predators. So who they're five points behind? Like, you, they're better than that team. They're just better than all these teams in their way. So they're going to get there. Yeah, I am comfortable saying that. I've I, been saying that.
1: I know. And I really just had the realization when I looked at the standings. I am like, the Flames are Flames there. are there. And they're kinda, right there. And it kind of kills our fun conversations about them. Leafs trading for Zdorov. This is the issue. Because they're
2: know, in it now. hurts. You know, they're contending.
0: I think they are a good example of... Of teams not panicking. Panicking. Yeah. Two Hanging weeks ago. Around. Two weeks ago, blow it up, get rid of everybody. Request the no trade when we're in Toronto. And now it's a different tune. And does it does some of the things get revisited, including Hannafin, who apparently was fairly close to a contract. And then wasn't. And then wasn't. Like where are you on that? Do you just uh, leave as is and see where they are two weeks from uh, a month from now, January, March? They've bought themselves yeah.
2: time. That's sure, they for have. sure. But, like, if you're Hannafin, I don't understand how you would look at such short term results and say, this is affecting where I'm going to commit the rest of my life to. Yeah. Like, the guys they have are the guys they have. They're, you either think this group is near competitive or not, and these short term results shouldn't impact that to me. He's got to make a much uh, decision based on a much broader amount of information than how they play the next month. H- Huberto, though, still one point in his last five. You know, is there an element of you that that goes, okay, if he finds it, you know, maybe there's even more yeah. here. There's a, I think just one needs, point
0: in his last four. My bad. I just think there has to be a, a new bar for him. You the, just the, don't the, the one fifteen bar. The one the hundred and fifteen point bar that he had in Florida is gone okay. forever. Can
2: it not be a fifty point bar though? Yes, yeah. Can it, it be eighty two?
0: Eighty would be really good.
2: Give me eighty for ten yeah. five. Give me eighty. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I think that that's a new bar.
2: Yeah. Okay. Well, he's not there yet. Not yet. He's short of that. So.
0: Okay. Uh, reading the Daily Face Off, uh, Tyler Cushy, if I'm hopefully pronouncing that correctly, uh, wrote a, uh, an article Cully? on. What is it, Cooley? I don't know. I don't know either. But But he is writing about Chinnikov in Columbus. Is unhappy with his standing on the team. Yeah, his
1: agent was telling somebody from the uh, dispatch in Columbus that he doesn't feel that
2: they trust him, and he wants to leave. So he wants to leave. Direct. (laughs) I would like to not be a part of this. Can anybody
0: stand up and say I I, I
2: like it here? I want to stay. Chinnikov was a first rounder, was he not? Yes, like he just was. a few years ago, I mean, he, a surprise first rounder, as some of our SN staff will tell you. When it was like, I'm sorry, who'd they draft? But you know, he's a right winger. He's behind Patrick Liney and Marchenko. It's not. You know, I don't know. And they're not, coming off a big win. Yeah, and he's still said to hell with this. Right. I don't want to do this anymore. And beating
0: he, the Boston Bruins, who've lost three in a row. Mm-hmm.
2: I, you know,
1: this is. Guys that are like, I mean, he's played 104 games. He's got 31 points in his career. Like, are you, like, should you be demanding a trade? I actually like this question. It's like,
2: I think he's fine
1: to do that. Okay, but at what point is like, demand a trade and you're going to go light it up somewhere? Like, kind of are what you are, buddy. Maybe you're on the third line for a reason. Yeah, I think you're probably right.
2: But I I think he's with his rights to say I want more opportunity. I'm
0: I'm not sold on you are what you are at age 21. 22. 22? Yep. No, too early for me. Yeah. And I I don't know the player well enough to tell you that he's going to be a lot better somewhere else, but it just seems it's easier to ask for these type of demands than it was certainly ten or fifteen years ago. That's when yeah. it was like just shut up. And I play.
2: totally think the NBA has done NHL players a lot of good mm. because they're saying you know guys want out all the time. In the NBA and they force their trades and thirty two teams. If you want to be somewhere else, I don't think it's impossible. It's unreasonable to say I'd like I mean to be somewhere else seems to be. Bit of a trend with the old uh, jackets there, though. They have a tough time keeping guys, which, by the way, is how you end up with guys like Gaudreau and Line A, and you say, well, they have some issue, but we'll take them. Here, take Dubois. We'll take Line A. Gaudreau wants to sign here. Who cares if it's a fit? We just need players. It's kind of what happens.
1: Um, how's old Johnny Gaudreau doing out there? No, I don't know. 11, um, 11 points in 23 games for Johnny Gaudreau so far this season.
2: Sammy, do you feel better about the Boston Bruins kind of stinking? Three yeah. straight
1: losses for the Bruins. Well, I mean, they weren't going to light it up every game. But they, yeah, lost, last year. they lost to Columbus last night. Um, and I think they lost to the Rangers, which is always a tough game. And they lost to the Red Wings for the last three that they've lost. So yeah. two teams in there there's no shame in losing to. But you
2: don't want to get starched by the, the Jackets for sure. But, yeah, I would eventually thought they were going to come back down to hurt by hope. But last year they never came within striking distance. So maybe this will bring them back to the pack a bit.
0: All right. Good show today, guys. I want to dedicate today's show to the life of uh, George Kohan, who passed away peacefully on the weekend, known by millions as the co-founder of McDonald's Canada, Mm. but known to a few of us, including uh, the privilege of my wife and I knowing him as a true friend. So, rest in peace, George. Ten games on tap tonight, including four here in Canada, the Leafs, Winnipeg, Oilers and the Vancouver Canucks do battle tonight, and we will be here tomorrow. To talk all about them. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Real Kipper and Born Show. Give us a rating and review if you get a chance. We love to hear from you.